brother. Does anybody know what we're what we're referencing there? Can you can you tell us what we're referencing? I know. Yeah. I know. Is there somebody here who could tell us what we're referencing? Um, is there somebody in this room with us? Yeah. There's somebody in. Wait, hold on, hold on. First, there's somebody in this room with us right now. Oh yes. Oh boy. Uh, the, room, the room of the internet. <laughs> the room of the internet room. Because, of course, we're n- never in the same room. Oh. Oh, anyway. The whole point of this podcast is that we're lonely. We're lonely. We Actually, the funny thing about this podcast is we actually record it every single day. It's just that we only release <laughs> one of the best ones per week. So that says a lot about this podcast on many levels. Oh. We're sad and lonely. <laughs> uh, so we have a special guest today, which is exciting. It's always fun when we have a special guest. We have our, we have our good friend, our comrade, our coworker, Allison Kendrick on the line. Yay! Hello. <laughs> I was Allison, to do, you, do, you, do you know who we're what we're refer- referencing there when we go? Hi, hello, brother. I have absolutely, I have no idea, and oh. full disclosure, I did just try and Google it, and it, it didn't really get me anywhere. Oh, man. Oh. So we, we talked earlier about giving Allison a, a, a nerd test to see how well she would do. <laughs> she already failed. Already failed. <laughs> Boom, just like, yeah, <laughs> flat line. <Out>. Flat line. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see myself out. Bless your heart. Bless your ner- uh, non-nerdy heart. <laughs> Listen, being a nerd is not an aspiration. I, I, I don't think you be an aspiration but it is you, really, you don't have to be a nerd to be a fan of this particular show that we're well, apparently so l- let me speak to that for a little bit uh it the interesting thing that i've discovered in the last uh few weeks that we've been recording this and putting it out that the strangest caliber of friend that i have listens to this podcast people i would never guess would be murderers uh murderers <laughs> Uh, uh-huh. uh, uh, thieves, drug makers, drug makers, mm-hmm. and giants. <laughs> drug, I mean drug cookers. <laughs> cook, cook 'em ups. Cook. I like the way they cook it. <laughs> that's my that's my impression of our grandmother, by the way, Kiki. <laughs> I like the, like way, the way, way they, they cook, cook it. it. Uh, so yeah, I, I have friends that I I just I, I I know that they don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> like I I know yeah. that they don't. But bless their hearts, they're listening. So thank you guys so much we're for listening. Them. I, I mean, we're not always going to talk about superheroes every single minute. In fact, I don't think we're even going to touch on superheroes today. So no. for those who only listen to this for that reason, I'm sorry. But get out. We we, we really like we're you know. <laughs> We have, we definitely wonder what this is all about, but the crux of it is two brothers don't live in the same city, you know, want to talk about nerdy things, figure that maybe some people out there are interested. And what I'm saying is I'm surprised. We just want to talk about anything. It's not always nerdy. It's not always Not a specific kind of nerdy. We're just, we like to, we like to commiserate. Yeah. Like two good brothers that love each other do and just talk, just chitter chat. So sometimes it'll be nerdy because we are nerds. Now, our friend Allison is a, a special kind of nerd. Yeah. Um, yes. She's her kind of nerd. I can, just like I can do that. Everybody's nerdy about something, right? You could be like a lumberjack and you get nerdy about certain chainsaw uh, teeth. Oh, right. Well, like, some motherfucker world. What? F. <laughs> <laughs> Did somebody say wood? Did you, you just make- did you just stroke out? <laughs> okay. Uh, Matt, call nine one one. Let's SWAT Allison. You guys it's know what no, swatting is? It's no bother. We're not in the same room, actually. Okay. Well. Uh, anyway. So she think. <laughs> <laughs> now the funniest thing would be that if I mean it is Hall- it is it is close to Halloween time. What if in fact we were recording this and then it and then Allison turned around and we were actually in her house. We actually murdered her. <laughs> <laughs> and we were the murderers, the thieves, the giants. Um, the drug cookers. The drug cookers. Drug cooking. <laughs> Wait and see. Like the way they cook it. <laughs> one one episode we'll have to talk about 
our grandmother Kiki, who inspired us in so many ways. I don't mm-hmm. think people have really, really heard the story of Kiki, so I'll write that one down on the list of, of, of topics someday. Anyway, the, the topic today, though, is having our friend Allison on board, which kind of tames us in some ways. We can, we can talk about things that, that she's interested in as well. And the reason that we have her on today is that she came up with the, the main idea for this podcast today. Yeah. Which is uh, mm-hmm. one of Evans and my favorite bands in the entire world is REM. We're of yeah. the generation. Was <laughs> REM. Was REM. Was REM. R.I.P. 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 Apparently never, uh, they've said they will never ever get back together. Mm-hmm. Not ever. So. Well, and that would. Doesn't mean that, I guess it doesn't, we don't have to say was. They're still our, one of our favorite bands. For sure. That's. That's that's an is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so REM's one of our favorite bands. You were yes. saying, sorry. Yes, uh, REM's one of our favorite bands, and we're Southerners, so they were heroes long before the rest of the world discovered them. And you know, they took they took pictures of uh, our backyard. They made their first album in basically our backyard, and so we have a we have a very very dear heart. Wait, wait, let me just interject what Matt means because nobody knows what you're talking about right now. <laughs> no one's seen our backyard but us. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, on the cover of Murmur, if you're familiar with the album Murmur by R.E.M., it's it's kind of a dilapidated railway, rail, uh, rail trestle, uh, train trestle or whatever, covered in kudzu, which is, if you live in the South, you know what that is. It's a creeper vine that's everywhere. And uh, our backyard was covered in kudzu. It was just, it was spooky. Anyway, so now you have that image in your mind. Continue, brother. Right, sorry. Yeah, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, kudzu. It's, it's, a, it's a real thing. And so anyway, we, we, we loved R.E.M. We loved them from the beginning, and uh, we, yeah. we cheered them on. I, I personally, there were a lot of classmates that immediately called them sellout once green came out and i was you know i was all for that because of course i at that point i wanted to be a musician and (laughs) i thought it would be amazing if i was like a tiny band that no one had ever heard of and then suddenly had like a major label album that was doing really well so uh so I, i can't say that i have loved every single album or every single song certainly that rem has put out in their career but as far as as far as a band that continues to speak to me, uh, it continues to sound unique to me, which is, I think, one of their greatest feats, is that I still don't hear bands that sound like R.E.M., like, exactly like them. There's elements, but... Uh, Michael Stipe, the lead singer, has come out with his very first solo song. And so that's why, that's why we're here today. We're going to listen to that song. We're going to give, uh, our, our, uh, we're going to give our opinion about how old uh, uh, Mr. Stipe is, is doing as a solo. Hey, Mr. Stipe. Hey, Mr. Stipe. So hey, Mr. thank Stipe. you, Stipe. for that, uh, that fantastic idea. And the reason that we are together today is that uh, we do have a, just a couple of, couple of newsy things that we could talk about before um, before we yeah. get into, we'd like to catch up on on, on what we're into briefly. Would you um, go for that, Allison? I'm so down or up, whichever it is. Great. Get up, get up, or get down. Uh-huh. Great. So yeah. Um, well, why don't you kick it off, Allison? What are, what are you yeah. what are you into right now? Like, are um, you watching something cool or reading a, a book with your eyes? So, um, oh, books, man. What are those? Um, I am one of those people who gets into things way, way after, you know, the fact mm-hmm. of them and, and, and then is all, why didn't you tell me about this? And, and the whole world is screaming. We did seven years ago. Um, mm-hmm. So my like, like our good friend and Martinez has just discovered the Beatles. Yes. <laughs> Have you guys heard of those guys? Because I hear they are going places. Um, Bless her heart. It's very cute. I'm anyway. super into Downton Abbey right now. Like, oh, cannot cool. stop watching and just consuming it at, at, at just the most rapid pace that I am that I'm currently able to. Um, How far along are you? I'm at the <laughs> uh, end of season four, and I just started it like a couple of weeks ago. Oh, wow. um, 
So I'm, I'm really putting, putting my all into that. Um, and I'm sorry that that's kind of a lame answer here. Hmm. Um, I'm also, there's no, there's no judgment. There's no good or bad. Okay, good. Thanks for that. Um, yeah, that's, that's the current obsession uh, that's on the TV. I've got a, I've got a confession. I have never watched Downton Abbey. I, uh, yeah, I, I watched um, the first episode and it didn't speak to me and I didn't move forward. So it didn't, it didn't yeah. woo you. It did not woo me. I think we, I think we made it through the first season yeah. uh, and we liked it. We liked it, but for some reason we didn't, we didn't come back. So, um, which I'm kind of curious about because, uh, Elise, I'm sorry, Elise, um, uh, Elise, uh, loves like Pride and Prejudice and, and that type of stuff, mm-hmm. but she wasn't really jazzed to come back to it. But maybe, maybe with your enthusiastic, uh, uh, you know, yeah. I have a theory of why it didn't speak to me. Uh, Lindsay and I okay. talked about this at great length for breakfast the other you, day. You hate the British. <laughs> Number one, I hate the British. No, I'm kidding. I love mm. the British. Uh, it's No, it has nothing to do with that. What I think it does have to do with, though, is that I, I'm just not into period things. Now, our, our father was, he, he wished that he was born in a completely different earlier era than he was. He, he truly loved his, his entire career was, uh, was period things, surrounding himself with period things. Uh, and, and I, but ironically, I feel that the, the love that I did get from dad for, you know, uh, honoring the past, it is still very physical. So I could walk into mm. the Biltmore estate in, in Asheville, North Carolina, and I can walk in all the rooms and I can, I, I could go back to Biltmore every, every month. Like I, I, I never <laughs> get sick of it. I, I grew up going every year at least. And, and, uh, you know, I've, I've never gotten sick of it. I really, I think about their lives and I, and when you can take the various tours where you go, you know, back where the, where the servants were kind of preparing mm-hmm. food. And that to me is, that's the that's thing. The but then I, if I watch it on TV or movies, I, I don't, I don't care. I don't know why. I'm not, I'm not really interested in, in a fantasy about times past. What do you think, Allison? You demand a more tactile approach to it, and I mm-hmm. respect that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and Downton is not my normal thing. Stuff like that, honestly, usually bores the pants off of me. Mm. And I'm just walking around pantsless and bored, and it's weird. But um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm, I'm heavily into the, this, and I don't know why exactly, but it has captivated me from the first episode. A lot of the stuff you usually wow. do, I have to make myself sit, and you know, you're gonna you're gonna watch half a season, and you're mm-hmm. gonna like it. And and I didn't. Um, I am going to rescue myself really quickly, though. There is one other thing that I have started binging that is far more recent and i'm curious if you guys have um the politician on netflix no it's been recommended it's been recommended who's in that i need it uh ben platt is is the big the big guy in it yeah um he's better known for broadway um he was the original evan hansen and dear evan hansen also very well known for pitch perfect um for that well, he was on two of the three movies so far. I hope okay. they're not making any more. Uh, it, it, I need to talk about it with people. So start watching it, and then we can discuss, because I have feelings um, okay. and opinions, so and I'm, the, I'm ready to share them. The, the, the only thing I do know about it is that we, we were sent that way because uh, there is a uh, Chicago stage actor that has what I, what I assume is a fairly hefty role because they – are featured in the um, in the uh, uh, trailer. Trailer, thank you. The trailer. Uh, their name is Theo Germain, and we were on stage with them in a in a in a play. Lindsay and I both. <laughs> the first time I've ever been on stage with my wife, and and uh, uh, Theo was a part of this production that we were part, that we um, put together, and so I I you know I suddenly started hearing that, oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard that Theo is, is in this. Sh- and, and then they're also in a movie 
uh, like it was like a really indie, crazy indie movie about the future or something. And it, th- that also looks interesting, but they're kind of blowing mm-hmm. up. So I'm definitely going to watch The Politician uh, to support cool. Chicago theater and and friend. So I, I, I will nerd out with you. Oh, and also some, I, I think she's a lesser known actress, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. She's also in it. Well, um, what else is she in? <laughs> She's known for a little flat. something called goop. Goop. <laughs> so what, what, what's the politician about? Intrigue me. Um, I don't know if I want to give away too much, and I'm oh. only three episodes in. It's okay. very, it's it's a lot heavier than I thought it was going to be, but basically that it follows the arc. Ben Platt is playing a kid trying to get into Harvard, um, and he has faced a series of challenges um, throughout his life um, that you kind of get to watch unfold, um, and that's where I really don't want to give up too much. And the reason he wants to get into Harvard and go to Harvard, and he's uh, in his senior year of high school trying to become the class president uh, because he has figured out the same thread that runs through all modern era U.S. presidents. So he's kind of trying to follow in their footsteps uh, to ensure that someday he can become a U.S. president. Damn. Um, okay, let, let, me, has... let me read that back to you to make sure that I got it <laughs> correct. So there's a guy who has had a bunch of challenges in life. The challenges were he is a murderer. He's been murdering people. Yep. And so he's murdered his way into Harvard where he really wanted to be because that would be more victims for him to murder. And he'll murder his way all the way to the top of being a president after after he murders the president. You are such a little murderino. Wow. No? Okay. okay. Uh, well, that sounds pretty interesting. We'll do it. it. It is reading to me or watching to me like it feels more Wes Anderson than anything else, which I think is the thing that, mm. that caught me off guard that this Netflix series, um, it feels like I'm watching, you know, Moonrise Kingdom that's, or something. That, it's uh, that's You just made it, you made me less certain all of a sudden. I'm, I'm hot <laughs> cold. <laughs> that's why I need to talk about it because I'm so okay. uncertain about it too. So. Okay. 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 Watch, we'll talk. Okay. okay. Say no more. What, do you, what, what are you into, brother? Uh, I, I just wanted to, you actually pointed this out to me, but one, one thing uh, that, that I'm particularly nerdy about is accessibility. And uh, we, we, had a, we had a really amazing win uh, earlier this year. Uh, the Supreme Court voted for... Uh, b- b- basically in a case that some friends of mine started, which is cool because they're just like punk rock suing the theaters. You know, there, there was a theater that would not provide captioning for my friend Tina. Uh, they kind of had to force them to agree to it the first time. And then Tina couldn't make the one performance that they vowed to do uh, to caption so she said, well, I can't make that performance. So they said, tough noogies. And wow. they took him to court. Jerks. Uh, yeah, sound like, they sound like just jerks. I, can't, I, I just don't know why you would g- go that far yeah. to defend why your do you in, in, in inc- non-inclusivity. But states' rights. It's <laughs> states' rights. to, to we, we can choose whether or not to exclude right. people from right. enjoying themselves. <laughs> So the uh, so the um, the win was while you know the win was that the Supreme Court was like yeah absolutely this person has to provide effective communication when it's convenient for the patron <laughs> you, you you have to do that so that was an enormous win it also meant that having theaters and other live events only have one captioned event is not good enough because you still are, have to take into the consideration the people that are coming to your show. So, it, yes, it's great that you have one show, and that might be all you need. You know, that might be enough, because maybe everyone that wants to see the show is going to come on that day. But now you have to provide other shows if it doesn't work out for your patrons. So that's cool. Yeah. At the same time that this was happening, there was this sort of nasty little... Uh, thing from Domino's where a, uh, a blind, I almost said patron, a blind uh, Domino's lover. 
<laughs> hungry pizza eater. Hungry, <laughs> hungry, hungry pizza eater that was blind and therefore was using um, screen reading technology to order his or her pizza online, which is something like, you know, yes, they could have, pro- they could have called D- Domino's, but they didn't want to. They wanted to use the, the web form as, as everybody else is excited about using, is that you can get on the internet now on your phone and just, you know, order up some pizza. So it turns out that Domino's pizza order form is not accessible to screen readers. I don't, I don't know the specifics of that, but you, you, you just can't, it's unusable. Uh, so this person said, that doesn't seem fair to me, and took them to court. And the, I, think, I think Domino's lost the first round uh, because they fought it. <laughs> now, here's the thing. <laughs> F you, blind person. <laughs> I just, I, you know, number one, I, I do remember the, some of the specifics. They were, they were arguing the cost that it would take to make their website accessible. And it was, I think it was like $30,000 or something. Oh, jeez. Which is just... They make that in one hour. You're, you're, you're Domino's. You're, you're a pizza empire. Come yeah, on now. Yeah, yeah. So they Jerks. lost the first round, but they were not going to give up. And so they, they, had okay. a, they, they took it to the Supreme Court. They, they, they spent more than 30K absolutely. in courts. Yes. God, yes. gross. Yes, yes. Way Ew. more. Way more. So now, let's see, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals r- ruled that since Domino's is a place of public accommodation, it is required under the law to provide auxiliary aids and services, making visual materials accessible to visually impaired customers. So this is huge. This is ginormous. I, uh, I just heard something the other day that the amount of lawsuits uh, – Based on the ADA, the, the ruling in 1990 that kind of kind of was the first uh, uh, ruling, the law that that protected uh, people with disabilities uh, in 1990, the ADA. Uh, it, they've been they've been trying to uh, apply that to the internet more and more, and so the in in one year, uh, no, actually between 2016 and 2018, the amount of lawsuits about websites has quadrupled. And the, the point that, that Domino's was trying to make was, well, look, the internet did not exist in 1990, so it's not covered under the ADA. But there's a problem with that it, that, I, that I feel is that Obama came in and he added something to the ADA. It's, it was a different ruling, a different law, but it was about multimedia and it was about providing accessible... Uh, elements to live theater, to movies, to everything on the internet, and uh, to me, I, I, you know, I, I would, I'm sure that someone could argue that that's not covered under that either. The thing that happened in 2010, but I'm just really glad that Domino's lost. <laughs> and I hope. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big. It's an exciting thing, and I. Uh, I hope that means also, brother, that, that we can help people make more websites accessible because it sounds like they're going to need it. Here, here's what I would love to do. For the person who, who sued Domino's, I'd like to say to them, number one, um, please tell us what your mom and pop pizza place is in your town, and let's make their website accessible <laughs> so that you don't eat Domino's next time because yes. gross. Yeah. Domino's... Uh, so yeah. if you're listening to this, yes, listening give to us this, a shout. Person whose name we don't place. know. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's ugh, gross. Domino's. It seems like Domino's, Papa John's, all of those, Jimmy John's, they're all run by jerks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I guess it was shown that Papa John, you know, who had been allegedly had used uh, racial slurs. Uh, they, you know, I don't know exactly how that all shook out, whether he turned out to be a, an actual jerk or what. But um, it just, I don't know. What's up with creepy, I guess corp- people who run corporations are usually creeps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have enough well. money. They feel like they can be. They can afford yeah. to be creepy. Wait a minute. Kind of like... 
never mind. Um, okay, well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's uh, great. Um, yeah, so that's exciting. And, and then I, I think, now that I'm thinking about it, I think we should actually sort of devote an entire Bibro show, the podcast, episode two, uh, horror films and the, the shows that we've enjoyed. So I'm going to hold off on, on this other topic that, that I was going to talk about. I, I will say that I watched a couple of movies, Biv, that you might should, might should look into because they're kind of, yeah. uh, kind of up your alley. And as we've discussed, not too sad. Um, and then okay, good. right, so, yeah. Actually, my kind of horror. Yeah, your kind of horror is not too sad. Uh, and I actually, there's one called Uncanny Annie that we just watched last night. It involves college kids, uh, spooky things, a game. Great. It's not that Great. sad. It's not that sad. Great. So okay, consider Uncanny Annie. Uh, okay. In, in the Tall Grass, we were excited about it's uh, it's a Stephen King and Joe Hill. Uh, writing collaboration that they turned into a movie, a Netflix That's movie. Fun. Joe and Hill being Stephen King's son. Thank you. And it's it's pretty it's pretty darn good. Uh, it, it's it's sadder though. Actually, maybe maybe too sad for you. Oh yeah. But yeah, think those, and then we'll okay. have a whole horror movie. We'll discuss things. We'll discuss. I know it's we're eight days into the thirty-one days of Halloween, yeah. and I've I've not really done anything spooky yet. Well, we're making so, it for, you, for you. Well, okay, I'll go. Yes, yeah, yeah. You're watching two horror movies a day <laughs> during breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yes. <laughs> what? Um, yeah, I need to get cracking. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch my favorite Halloween movie tonight. Oh, yeah. Hocus Pocus. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Elise loves that one, too. I think I've seen it. It's been a million years. No, I don't do scary. So why, why tonight, is, of all nights? Because I have um, at a house with an outdoor television and a fireplace, and it's October, what? and it's not a million degrees. So some friends are going to come over, and we're going to do that. I'm house-sitting for... Are you going to have popcorn? Um, and pizza. Natch. Are you going to scalp and skin your friends? Okay. <laughs> um, well, I'll just I'll, I'll briefly say I, what I the only really interesting thing that I watched this week. Um, uh, Elise and I have been really into the the Americans, which if if neither of you all have seen the Americans, it was actually it's actually quite good. It just ended, but um, uh, go check that out. If, especially it sounds like if you like the politician, that might be up your alley. If you like suspenseful spy stuff. Um, but uh, I did see something kind of interesting this week, uh, and I'll, I'll keep this super brief because nobody cares. Uh, it's called The Game Changers, and I guess it was sent to me by um, Elise via uh, her sister and brother-in-law, who are both plant-based people. Uh, I'm, as we have established, uh, not a plant-based person, but recently after I had kind of a bout of stomach bug uh kind of needed to take a step away from meat for a while and um uh my sister and brother-in-law knew that i that i'm into fitness i like to work out and stuff so they said here watch this movie uh and it was really really great because when you're when you're working out hard and you know food is 80 percent of what you're doing um you know as it's been described to me as like and this is kind of gross, but also funny. The, your food is the batter, right? And then the gym is the oven, and that's where you cook the muffins. So, but you have to do eighty percent of the work with your food. So when you change your diet up drastically by like removing animal protein, uh, you're kind of left going, "What do I do now? And can I do it? And will I physically be able to do this?" And so they sent me this movie called The Game Changers, which is all about. Um, uh, plant-based athletes who are superstars. And um, there was one guy in particular uh, whose name is Patrick Baboumian, which I think is the most awesome name, particularly for what he does. He's he's a German uh, by way of Iran, I think. Um, basically Hercules. I mean, he's, he's, he's literally, I don't know if he's won it yet, but he's the strongest man on the planet. He's like, it is insane how strong he is. You just, I can't even really describe it. I mean, he can lift, he's got this yoke, this metal kind of rack that he just loads up with weight and he can, like 700 pounds. 
literally, and just puts it on his shoulders and walks it down the road. <laughs> it is ridiculous. So, but it's inspiring to know that there are people out there who, who know how to and have, I mean, Olympic level athletes, you know, not just Olympic level, Olympic athletes. Um, this guy, Patrick Babumi, and so many examples of people who have done this completely plant-based, like no animal protein of any kind. Um, anyway, it's, I think whether or not you care about, uh, uh, being plant-based or not, which I don't know that I do. Um, it's actually, it's a really well-made movie. It's told through the lens of this guy who, uh, was a mixed martial artist champion, blew out both his knees, um, was not plant-based, was researching how do I recover from this fast enough to, uh, to get back in the game. You know, he's looking at six months just on the sidelines. Um, and that's how he started discovering, other athletes and one of the claims of a plant-based diet is that your recovery from because all working out is is damaging your tissue and then recovering from that and that makes your body stronger right so when you're actually injured you kind of want to do the same thing you want to be able to recover faster and um the research kind of shows according to those some people who depending on what research you're looking at that having a plant-based diet supports that and so this guy was like well maybe i should do that but he was uncertain so he really went down and you know this uh, through this investigation of all these different people including arnold schwarzenegger who is now a plant-based um guy what? which really surprised me what? yeah yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I, I mentioned this. <laughs> I mentioned this uh, movie to uh, the, the trainer that I've been working with in Chicago. Um, and I was like, hey, are you familiar with this? And, and his name is Dr. Dustin Nelson. And he's uh, a super great guy. Um, but he's he's very old school, like uh, in terms of. Well, in my in my estimation, I don't know. I mean, he's also very cutting edge. Like he's, he's a doctor of Chinese medicine. He's 20 plus years of experience. But when it comes to how you can and can't grow the human body, he's like animal protein or you're kind of doomed. Um, so for, for the past year, he's had me eating six plus pounds of meat every week, which was gross. <laughs> it was like, ugh. Wow. It, it, was, it didn't sit well with me. Like physically or ethically right but i was like well no i'm gonna sacrifice i'm gonna do this you know it's a means to an end and blah blah blah. but anyway i i shared this movie with dustin hey have you have you heard of this this looks interesting right and and he his remark was yeah um going plant-based is what um really big guys who, who put on a lot of muscle do to to lose muscle <laughs> Damn. it's like okay <laughs> Um, anyways, anyways, it's, so it was inspiring. It's inspiring to see guys and, and women, uh, who are just doing it, doing it and not, not eating tons of animals. Cause I love, I love animals. They're, they're cool. Um, except for chickens. Don't love them that much. <laughs> anyway, that's my boring thing. Um, I said we should probably move on to the, the, the main attraction. Okay. Um, which, uh, AK, I think you should lead us in since this is, this is oh, your, man. Yeah. Which, how did you become aware of this? First of uh, all, I, whichever Sirius XM channel I was listening to at the time was, I think it was, um, serious chill. Yeah. I, I want to say it was maybe the spectrum started talking about it last week. Um, I've, I've got no chill, not serious chill. Oh. Um, yeah, I think it was on the spectrum. They started talking about it last week and going crazy. And of course, my little spidey senses, I heard Michael Stipe, I thought IREM, I thought about you guys. Uh, that's that's how that that brainwave worked. Um, now, are you an REM fan? Were, uh, you, are you, were you? Pretty casually, but yeah, as, as an angsty teenager of the 90s, I played a lot of Monster and Automatic for the People were sure. kind of my yeah. my albums. Um, yeah, those are the angstier records, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, Monster, Monster especially. especially. Yeah. yeah, that one really probably defined my late junior high, early high school Um Music happenings. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't consider myself a, I, I've never seen them live. Um, I, I don't think I really kept up with them into the, the 2000s and, and their breakup yeah, or towards the end. Yeah. Um, it was, it was spotty. Yeah. It was spotty. 
but I, I appreciate them. I think that they put out some phenomenal, both, you know, just standalone songs as well as records. And so I was interested. It, it certainly piqued my curiosity when I heard that he was coming out with his first ever uh, solo single. Um, and then, you know, started doing a little bit of research and reading and, and what it was about. And, you know, he's kind of gotten into a little bit more activism lately. So he's donating um, the proceeds. So you can go to the site, you can download and you can choose your own um, cost of it. Um, and it comes uh-huh. with a neat little zip file um, with yeah. a downloadable poster and, and the lyrics and some other things. Um, and the, all the proceeds are going to an organization called, what is it? Um, uh, Extinction Rebellion, which mm-hmm. I looked up. It's an international movement that uses nonviolent civil disobedience in an attempt to halt mass extinction and minimize the risk of social collapse. Wow. That is that is an elevator pitch that's, right there. That's a master class. <laughs> that's that is ambitious. Yeah. I felt that in my core. Social collapse. <laughs> it's, yeah. That's already Serious. happened. That's yeah, a, pretty that's, much. We're there. Oh my God. <laughs> he's he's, he's uh, going to keep compare and despair happening. Part two, uh, okay. Part two, social collapse. <laughs> social collapse, part duh. <laughs> so, uh, the return. You know, I went through. A, I went through a, a, a recent phase where I, I guess I. I don't know what got in my mind, but I. I was just kind of reading through the REM wiki, and and like you were saying, brother. You know, REM. Being from the South, we were especially aware and and uh, uh, love them kind of earlier early on, but uh, they were like my number one band for years. Uh, <clears throat> nobody else really existed uh, for a while. Um, and uh, and then, you know, as after Monster, it's, you know, I started to become less engaged. But uh, anyway, I, I woke up one morning and I just started, I was curious just about their career. So I started flipping through their Wikipedia page and I was blown away at all of the stuff that they had accomplished over their career for as weird as they were. And I have, I have a, I looking back, you know, Allison, you, you might know <laughs> Matt and I have a band and, what? um, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Allison is, is, uh, helps us out with our dumb band. And, um, so, uh, I, I was listening to REM recently, listening to Peter Gabriel, listening to all these kind of 80s art rockers, uh, talking heads. And I, I think if, if I wonder if we had really studied these people who did the weirdest shit. Uh huh. But broke through in like in an insane way. I mean, REM signed the largest record deal ever wow. when they went to Warner Brothers in existence. I mean, I think it's been topped since then, but it was something like an $80 million deal. Oh, it I was ridiculous. I did not know that. Oh I man. Did. It was massive. So, so they actually did kind of sell out, but isn't that so cute now? It's like, uh, you know, there's no such thing as selling out any, anymore. It's so silly that that was a really feared and thought about thing back in the day that, Oh yeah, you could sell out. Yeah. <laughs> now we're just all trying to make anything that we can. Like please what, pay me. please put my song in a commercial. Um, I, I will, I, here's the thing about REM and I, I'm, I'm sure I've talked about this in the past and I'm sure that I could talk about this for an entire hour, but th- they, in, I mean, honestly, I, I credit them for paving the way for there to even have been a Southern touring market. Uh, mm, I, I yeah. know because, uh, because of their ins- inspiration, uh, I, I would often, when we were recording a Jump Little Children album, I would, I would pick sort of a, a, a biography and I would read four or five of, of, of them to keep, you know, kind of be inspired by. So one for, um, for magazine, it was, uh, uh, the Ramones and well, and REM for for magazine and and so I uh, not only did they pave the way they would walk into restaurants, chicken shacks, and they would say, "We want to play here. <laughs> we know that you don't. We'll just go to the corner and we'll set up and we'll be here from now and then. We'll play for tips." They jumped in a van and toured like almost immediately after becoming a band and. I don't think without them there would be 
this Southern market, there wouldn't be a Hootie, there wouldn't be, you know, there wouldn't be all the Southern bands that, that made a living touring in the South the way that we did. So we have to thank them for that. And I also think we have to thank them for that concept of quote unquote selling out, but, <laughs> but making a big deal out of controlling their own uh, aesthetic their their own mm-hmm. branding because that was a part of that deal that that deal is that they I don't I didn't know that it was eighty million dollars but it, it, the biggest thing about it was that Stipe was like yes but it's I'm I'm we're still going to be in charge of how you know things yeah. look and feel and I'm not saying that that allowed every band to suddenly you know do whatever they wanted on an album but it certainly affected us and I and I know that we were able to to summon their name many times in our career when we were kind of pushed, encouraged to, to go a certain way or to do a certain thing that we could say, well, but, 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 but what about REM? And of course the reply was always, well, REM has sold millions of albums, but still the concept was there, you know, like, but they, but, but they, they did that even when they hadn't sold millions of albums. That's true. That's true. Um, so R.E.M. Who knows? R.E.M. was R.E.M. We were we were who we were are, um, and who knows? I mean, they they also seem like pretty savvy guys, um, but um, after my wiki, um, you know, investigation uh, history taking in their history. I, I did go back to their later records, which I'd never really listened to and tried to give them a fair shake. And it was tough, man. It was every now and then, um, there would be a good song, maybe on a record, on, on one on up one on reveal, but for the most part, and, and I'll be honest here, since, since we're talking about Stipe, the weakest link was Stipe. Mm. Uh, his lyrics all started to sound the same. The vocal melodies all started to sound the same. Um, there was, it, it felt like they had lost the fire, I think, maybe a little bit, just in general, which is dangerous. You know, if you're going to be a band that goes on and on for as long as they did, that's incredibly hard to sustain that. I mean, very few have. Very yeah. few. If any. Very few. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, definitely U2 is spotty. I think they maybe had a little bit more success. They'll have like a couple of songs on a record where I'm like, yeah, okay, those are those are two good ones. But, you know, but that's kind of been the true for their entire career. I, there's Sometimes there's a song that I'll skip on every record of theirs. Um, and that's okay. That's, that's also pretty common. But, um, but, but, yeah, I mean, it just, R.E.M. was, had slowed way, way down. So I, so you guys have not listened to this song yet. I've already listened to it. Um, and which, so I guess we, sh- you guys need to do that now. And I'll, I'll listen to it again. And, uh, but I was, well, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop there talking about Stipe, but I'll leave it with, um, Stipe. If, if they were playing the, the game show, the weakest link, sorry, Stipe. <laughs> you are the weakest link. Goodbye. All right, let's let's, let's let's get in. Let's get into this. Let's uh, let's listen to your capricious soul by Michael Stipe together, and a one, and a two, and a three. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh my! Interesting. <laughs> okay, okay. I think he, this was your baby. Oh, no. to, uh <laughs> To, uh, do I do I have to go first? Off. You don't I, have to I go wonder, first. You don't have I to go first. Y'all think. Yeah. Uh, I can't, well, first. since I, this is my second time hearing it, I, I can go first if you need. It's it's the Biv Bro Show. Yeah. Wow. Y'all y'all y'all. You're our it. special guest. <laughs> so special. Okay. <laughs> Brother, do you want to go? I I'll go. Sure. Uh, um, I you know here's the thing. I'm I'm always going to be the more positive of. Of the two of us, mm-hmm. as far as uh, <laughs> rating music, yeah, I'm critical I'm, with a big mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also, I also have the ability. I think I'm not the. I've never been the kind of person that necessarily listens to. I, I don't hear lyrics first. I really, I really hear uh, bits. No point. Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't know about that. But no, I just mean they're very elliptical. So that's yes. 
Yes. You can let that be an impressionist painting. You don't have to yes. hang on every word. Yeah. Right, right. So I didn't mean that as a, a jab. Okay. I'm just saying that's, that's how they are. True, 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 true. So I don't know. It, it came on. The, the song had a, a really sexy sort of bassy beat to get. And his voice sounds great to me. Super high and lonesome. A little bit on the feeble side, but I, I, kind, of, I kind of feel like it fit the song. It was... It was definitely more in the in the realm of uh, up and well, I guess new adventures and high fi uh, and and on as far as stylistically, but I don't know. I I I definitely you know it it gave me those little feelings of of Stipe. There's no one sings like he does unless they're actively trying to copy him. Uh, so that voice is just. You know, it's just my youth in a in a mm-hmm. in a you know in a set of headphones, and uh, I would listen to it again. I would definitely give it another listen. And uh, I I did look up the lyrics, and some of the lyrics I thought that weren't good were are actually pretty cool. So uh-huh. I I I'm kind of into the lyrics, and I don't know, man. I'm 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 kind of into it. I'm I'm into your capricious soul. I I think this is a a cool. Now, d- does it sound like REM? No. Does it sound like, uh, you know, with the fire that you mentioned, the, 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 the REM thing? No, it's not. But it's, it's, a, it's a person who has decades of experience being on stage and in the r- recording studio and, and writing lyrics, and I'm into it. That's me. Okay. Yeah. Well, so this is my second go-around. And the, my first go-around was um my my general feeling was man when is the beat gonna kick in mm-hmm. i just wanted the beat to kick in right like yep. if, if the beat and i still second to go around i still kind of felt like if he had like just laid it down at one point then i would have been really really into it um so I, I walked away the first time around like yeah that was okay uh i wasn't uh he got he gets off lyrically um, he, he leads with honey and I feel like from, from new adventures on, there's so many songs with honey, honey pie, sugar, like a lot of lyrics like that, that ju- I got tired of hearing. And so like the first word, <laughs> the first line of the song is honey's got a good feeling. I was like, okay. Um, so we're still there lyrically. I'm not, not inspired by that, but um, but whatever, Mo- moving on. Um, um, I think the second time around, I, I enjoyed it more. I still wanted the beat to kick in, but I, but I'm with you. It's like some of the, the lyrics are actually quite good. Um, yeah. better than normal and more clear in meaning, uh, than, than I'm used to. Um, you know, usually REM lyrics are very, uh, obtuse or can be, you know, in, in, back in the early days, if you even knew what he was saying, which you usually didn't. Um, so I'd say, um, throw a beat in there, but since there's not, I'd st- I'll still give it a thumbs up. I liked it. I, I, I was nervous about, you know, the word <laughs> capricious mm-hmm. in the songs like, okay, you know, you're smart. You're artsy. We get it. <laughs> but then you read the lyrics and you're like, okay, it's actually, it, I was judging the book by its cover for sure. Um, you know, I, I'd say good on you, Stipe. Good on you. All right. Um, I need to listen to it again. Uh, I, I do sometimes take a minute to warm up to, to new material. Um, I actually do hear words and lyrics first. So I I did appreciate those, but that is uh, definitely how I consume music, which probably isn't too surprising word nerd that I am um, to either of you guys to hear that. Um, I too was waiting for the beat. I I kind of felt like I spent the whole song waiting for the song to start. Mm -hmm. Um, At one point, I think it was what I I guess the second verse, it almost felt like, like Moby was on the song suddenly. Um, yeah, but but Moby would have put some drums in there. Yeah. Yeah. I I felt very, very nineties in in that one part of the song and and the vibra slap or whatever it was that, that keeps going off at the end of the song was making me laugh. Um, 
I don't think it was uh, he shoots, he scores for me, but I didn't didn't totally hate it. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> A ringing endorsement. <laughs> um, there, there are very few songs that I hear and immediately go, yes. So, oh, yeah, it's tough. you know, it's tough. it does happen. But, it, you know, I wasn't quite frankly expecting to with this one. So but but good on him for for coming back with this and for a song with capricious in the title, not feeling entirely capricious throughout. Right. <laughs> Good work. Wordsmith. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's gotta be scary. I mean, I don't know if it's scary for him or not. I mean, he certainly, this is, he's done stuff since, you know, R.E.M. stopped. He, he hasn't stopped being an, an artist, even though this is his first solo release, he's done other things, but, but, you know, I imagine in this realm doing it without, the the other people who were uh, as far as i know equally involved creatively it's probably a scary feeling you know oh god um i would be scared to to do that without them um i think what makes us want that drum beat so bad is that it's got that really cool kind of thrumming you're like yeah just take me to billy idol town um and um but they didn't. Yeah. Uh, it was better. It was better than I expected, especially given where REM left off. Sure. Fair. Mm. Yeah. That's fair. That's if they fair. did do a reunion, would you go? They won't. I don't, if they did. I, I mean, having never seen them in the past, like, I don't know. Part of me thinks that I wouldn't just because would that, be weird would that ruin something somehow having never you know seen them in their original state even if it was a full band reunion prime yeah um I, yeah but i i wouldn't I, I don't know i guess it just depends on where they were playing do i like the venue how much your tickets do i have a headache that day you know mm. lo- lots of different factors <laughs> do you have to wash your hair <laughs> yeah like am i having a bad hair night sorry guys um <laughs> Wow. Very, yeah. very fickle. You guys are lucky that I've huh? come to see your dumb band because God, I, seriously. Can, I can float like the wind. Well, this time, since we're gonna, you'll be joining us on tour in December. We'll wash yeah. your hair for you yeah. before every show. Weird. Um, during the show, during the show, that, that, that'll, be probably, less weird. Depending, that'll be less Depending weird. on the price, I would go. I would go. Uh, Matt and I, we went to that show, right? We saw them mm-hmm. once yeah. on the Monster Tour. Mm-hmm. Um, we had terrible seats, and it sounded god awful the in there. Uh, I think it was towards the end of that tour, and they were. It was a tragic. We like they'd been through hell. I think that was the tour where uh, Bill Berry had had an aneurysm, and I think Stipe was suffering from like really intense dental problems. Oh. So it was it didn't feel very inspired. I was I remember walking away going, "Oh wow, that's not the REM show I was hoping for." After being you know a fan for so many years, uh, so I would I'm sure if they ever did, it would be astronomically expensive. So I probably wouldn't go just because I couldn't afford it, but I would. I would like to see it again. Although I'll add to that, that I've watched some, some YouTube of live stuff that they've done and it's, it's not, they're not the most consistent band Mm. uh, live. Like sometimes I think they're one of those bands that, and I think the police were this way too. They had some shows were just like, you know, uh, lightning in a bottle and other shows were, Kind of, kind of rough around the edges. Um, I think we, our band, can be like that too. Oh yeah. So I, I can definitely relate. Um, and I'm sure every band feels that way about themselves to some degree as well. But um, uh, you know, even seeing them, uh, footage from them from fairly recent, like 2011, like whenever their last record came out, um, I was still like, okay, yeah, they're, you know, th- this is not 1989 anymore for them right so and and, and it can't be right yeah yeah there it is there it is yeah uh but this 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 little gathering was super fun i i especially enjoyed that and i especially uh enjoy that our friend allison came on to the biv bro show with that fun idea 
Well, thanks for having me, you guys, and putting up with my my ideas. Are you kidding? With your capriciousness? <laughs> with my capriciousness. <laughs> I actually don't know what capricious means. I had to look it up. Given to sudden and unaccountable changes of mood or behavior. Yeah. Well, I, I, don't, it, I don't actually don't find you to be capricious then. I don't know. I, I, didn't I was know about to say, I, I, um, I feel like I may have been called capricious a time or two, which is why I was very familiar with that word. So really? Wow. Who's calling you that? Yeah. Losers. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> Dang, mom. <laughs> who's, who's on a podcast now, bitches? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know you're important when you're on a podcast. <laughs> you actually, uh, one, one last little story. You've actually, you've actually got two podcasts. Yeah. Yes, I well not today this week. This uh, week. So this this one today and I'll be doing another one on um on Saturday the just a second a jump little children fandom podcast wow. with our friends Ann and Melanie. Um yeah. apparently people want to know what does a social media manager for a band do? Mm. Uh, <laughs> what does a sociopathic killer do yeah. for a band? I, I will yeah, You'll you know, be able to I'm tell really them. I'm playing the long game here with that. So, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be able to shine a little bit of light and, and tell them a bunch of dirt about the two of you and the other three guys that you hang out with. Well, that's fine oh, because we're not so allowed. Boring. <laughs> so number one is boring. <laughs> Secondly, we're not allowed to really listen to that podcast. So so you can say whatever you want and we won't. You know. I guess yeah, that'd be weird to listen to a podcast about yourself. That's mm-hmm. probably <laughs> but yeah. yeah yeah i don't i don't do that i don't listen to it no <laughs> well i'll get some uh i'll secure special permission for you guys to listen to this one if you would like to um i'll leave that completely open-ended but yeah it's a it's a good circuit copy. this week yeah yeah uh yeah podcasting is is so hot right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we should start a true crime podcast. Yeah. Where we commit the crimes <laughs> and then tell the story about the crime. Oh, <laughs> yeah. From our secret underground lair. <laughs> right. Uh, actually, I'm going to do something actually, weird. That's a great idea. <laughs> great idea. Let's <laughs> hang on. Lindsay, get in here. Stab. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Well, it's always a pleasure to hang out with both of you guys, and uh, I I hope this becomes a um, I hope this becomes something that happens over and over. So keep keep us keep us uh, abreast of what's happening in the in the in the music world, Allison. <laughs> yeah, let, let us know what, what's happening in music so that who's, we can. Who's release are you looking forward to next? Yeah. Um, ooh, ooh, I don't know. Uh, you just caught me completely off guard. I'll have to go to Papa John's research to see Papa John's release from prison. (laughs) Um, I will tell you the the next concert I'm going to, not counting December. I did just buy tickets. Uh, Grace Potter is back, and she's one of my faves, and she's touring in January. So um, she's a badass is who Dad is. If you don't know Grace Potter, I feel sorry for you. Oh, snap. Well, I guess I'll use the old interweb here. She is. uh, Matt would probably find her very, very sexy. I do like like Grace. She is. I I won't find her sexy? Well, Matt just really loves the word sexy. Um, uh, she looks like um, on the. I just went to GracePotter.com and she, she, in this first picture, she looks like um, Heidi Klum. Heidi Klum. She does. Yes, she does. Wow. And I'm sure and she, she does in the second lot. picture too. Yeah. Um, she is a very feisty performer. She's got a big, belty, sometimes raspy voice. She wails. Plays guitar, she plays piano. Um, she is very charismatic, um, and I love okay. her live. So um, she has had a little bit of a hiatus, had a baby, I think, about a year ago, and um, she's uh, from up in the Vermont area. Um, and so I think she performs around that, around New England, from time to time, but hasn't gotten back on the road in the past couple of years. So I'm, I'm happy she's back. Yeah, and she's playing. She's well, playing uh, in uh, Charlotte on January 17th. At the film. got my ticks. You want to come? Playing in Charleston, South Carolina uh, um, uh, on January 8th. I I guess, well, she's playing here at the Tabernacle. She's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Well, I'll I'll check her out. Check her out. Yeah. Did you ask me if I wanted to come to Charlotte? Yeah, yeah. See her? Uh, Thank you. But since she (laughs) is coming to Atlanta, I guess I would probably do that. (laughs) Uh, No offense. (laughs) 
shot down. Well, this is in January, post tour. You'll you'll see how much you want to be traveling. That's all. We'll we'll be sick of each other fully. Um, No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I'm just saying you will be. I, I guarantee for the month of January, maybe longer, you'll be like, hmm. Am I gonna go get in a car to go down the street? Nope. <laughs> we should be traveling. We should record what I think being on tour with you guys is gonna be like, and then later what I actually found um, on tour to be like. Oh sure, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and hear what you think it's gonna be like. <laughs> um, I would say smelly, but it's you guys, and y'all are actually pretty polite. It's I not feel that smelly, like no. Uh, I mean, the bus, the bus gets stale after yeah. a week or so. And there's, you know, it's, there's in the, in the bunks area, it's, it gets just close. I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested like how the bunk selection goes down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm interested how, how I, I'm a chronic overpacker. I have separation anxiety from my clothes. Be careful with um, that. There's limited room. Exactly. I'm I'm worried how that is going to to go down and feel. Um, well, yeah. here, I'll give you a pro tip. You ready? Yep. Pack your big bag, mm-hmm. and only and then put your the stuff that you're going to need immediately in a small bag that you planning can have on doing in, that in your bunk. Planning and then you can have all your crap, and you can put the stuff uh, under the uh, what do they call them, brother? Um, in the in the prison under the bus, uh, hold. Down the, well, you get in the trailer, the hold. Yeah, down below. Um, so that's that's the way to do that. Um, I'll go. I'm going to go ahead and say you cannot have the top back bunk. That's mine. Uh, <laughs> I d- I don't want a top. I want I want a bottom. I don't want to ungracefully climb every night um, and potentially fall out. Um, the very wild sleeper. So, <laughs> oh yeah, bottom bunks are good. Um, those are totally fine. I think those are tops and bottoms are are preferred. May well depends. It depends on on your personality type. But if you're in the middle bunk, then if somebody's just standing, like messing with their stuff on their top bunk, then they've just got their crotch next to you. Sounds so trying to so do your thing. But there's curtains, right? There's curtains, yeah. so it's you know it's you pretty. If you close that curtain, it's there really isn't much outside world. I'm also um, curious because I think you both know this about me, but I'm a morning person. <laughs> uh, like I, I wake up in a good mood and, and like as the day progresses, the mood digresses. What's the word? I'm looking for? angry now. Yeah. Angry. And uh, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see how it's going to go for y'all to have me wake up and be me. Oh, and then we'll, we'll be awake. There are morning people. There are morning people on the bus. All right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, and there's, you know, so there's the front. So for those of you who've never been on a tour bus before, the general layout is you get on the bus and then there's the driver. You say hi to him or her, usually him, in my experience. Uh, and then immediately there's the front lounge, which is a couple of couches, uh, usually a microwave and a uh, fridge and the bathroom. And then you go through a door and then there's 12 bunks in there. Uh, on the kinds of buses that we ride on. There's certain buses that only have one bed if you're like on a Starliner, but there's 12 bunks and then there's a back lounge back in the back that has like, and there's TVs everywhere. And that's basically all there is to it. Um, So yeah, wake up in the morning, roll out of your bunk. You can make coffee in the front lounge. You can, uh, you know, there's internet on the bus. So snacks get your breakfast that, we usually, usually stop at a place you know when before we hit the road so there's like a walmart and you get your snacks and you put them in the fridge your breakfast whatever you're into in the morning bagels there's a toaster do that thing and then you can have your coffee and uh sit up and and either people will come and join you and say can you please be a little bit quieter or they'll <laughs> no, no, one does that. no one's gonna say that are we gonna are, are we gonna start like an over under on how long till I get my first volume warning? No. <laughs> uh, well, <I> mean, <laughs> I don't know. And, and who's going to administer it? Will it be Ward or Jay? Hmm. I think you. I, I've only seen you go to like extreme volume levels when you've had a couple. 
<laughs> You've had a couple. It like it goes coffees. No, yeah, no, not coffees. <laughs> <laughs> coffee, coffee flavored liqueurs. A couple breaths of air. I, I, if I'm breathing, I am annoying somebody. So this would be great. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I defy all that. You're lovely. You have a lovely tinkling voice. I'm just saying, when you're having fun, you're hitting the sauce. That's when you get laughed. <laughs> anyway, it's gonna be uh, great. And you're welcome to hit the sauce whenever you want. Excellent. First thing in the morning. <laughs> I like my coffee like I like my men. Irish. It's a pretty dry bus, but that doesn't mean that you can't change that for yourself. Yeah. You guys are painting a really accurate picture of me right now, and I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, drunk. <laughs> oh. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that's your impression of the tour bus. Um, we yep. just did a couple of things, but I can't wait to see what your your uh, what your postmortem will be when you're like, oh, wow, it was boring. Yeah, that we'll, we'll we'll come back to this podcast and we'll we'll get a full postmortem from Allison about what it's like to really be on a rock and roll bus. Uh, that'll be sometime in January, I think. So that with be you nerds, uh, Michael yeah. Stipe's bus. Yeah, and then you will graduate to Michael Stipe's bus. Ooh. Yeah, that'll be intimate. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yay! I'm with that, you guys. Thank you so much, uh, brother. I love you, Allison. Mm-hmm. I love you. I'm so uh, happy to be doing this. This is episode four. We, we're never gonna stop, right? We we'll keep going. As always, brought to you by BivensBrothersCreative.com. Yes, and AKShouts.com <laughs> today. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, thank you for sponsoring the show today, AK Shouts, Allison Pinter. Yes. Uh, thank you for bringing on a guest. And you guys, until next time. 